Want to hear some inside scoop? If your kids are as ready to go back to school as mine are, you gotta check out Kohl's. I got my daughters the cutest sew tops for under 18 bucks, Jansport backpacks for 25% off, and 30% off Levi's jeans for me. I even saved an extra 15% and picked up Kohl's cash. So, yeah, not sure who's more excited right now, me or the girls. Select styles. 15% off ends August 15th. Levi's coupons do not apply. Some exclusions apply. See store calls account for details. New hot and iced sunrise batch coffee from Dunkin'. A bright and balanced, full-bodied blend brewed so you can get summering from sunrise to sunset. And even after that, because that's when you can show off those string lights you hung in the backyard. Or re-hung. Enjoy a medium, hotter, iced sunrise batch coffee for $2. America runs on Dunkin'. Price and participation may vary. Limited time offer. Exclusions apply. Oh boy, okay. Oh, we're going live. So, we're broadcasting from El Paso, Texas tonight. And, like I said, I already said, we're going live now. And we're going to talk Texas politics with Joanne Fleming. And we're going to touch on a number of things, mainly mainly the media. And they're just continual, I guess, slanderous nature. And, th- yeah, that will basically be about it. All this on this episode of Trench Chat. highways of america here's the podcast where we talk politics a little entertainment some culture and this and that from the road to your ears this is trend chat with your host brian bledsoe and welcome welcome to another episode of trend chat i am your host brian bledsoe and if you want to connect with us whether on facebook instagram twitter well, Snapchat, it's all the same name, Trend Chat 24-7. Like I said, we are broadcasting live from El Paso, Texas tonight. So, there's a number of reasons why I'm going live. One, it makes it a lot easier for me to do it live because that means, you know, well, I guess the people, if you're listening, if you listen to other episodes, you don't know because, yeah, I I tend to have a lot of takes especially at the beginning so whenever i do those intros nine times out of ten i've probably done it maybe five or six times <laughs> just trying i'm just i feel like I, I don't get something right and i always just start over anyway live makes it a lot easier for me because i could just say it and it's already out there we, we, you know we said it let's keep going so <laughs> and also <laughs> a little paranoid because as I said, we are out here in, in uh, El Paso and um, <laughs> and even though I am in, I guess you can call El Paso, I'm I'm literally in, I feel like in the middle of nowhere. So not only am I broadcasting from El Paso, but I'm like out there. So just in case, um, you know. I'm not saying anything bad's going to happen, but I'm just saying, just, let me just go ahead and get this out of the way. I don't, so I don't have to record it, then do all this. And so, 
so so I can get on the road in the morning. So okay, so I can go to bed basically. <laughs> but I did want to want to get on, and, and there are a number of things that has happened since the last episode. But before we get into that, as I mentioned in the last episode, we actually have a couple of partners, and I still don't know how I'm going to do this. As far as talking about um, our partners, whether it's uh, ODG Apparel or 1776 United, what I guess one thing I'm thinking about doing is where is that I am thinking of whenever I bring up one of these that I'm going to going to mention, I guess, one particular product and just kind of focus on one every time I bring it up, mainly just, just so I don't have to. I guess keep saying the same thing, kind of like a formulate lay, you know, like ad type. I can just make it a little different every time I'll be talking about something different. I'm thinking about doing that. I'm not going to do that now, <laughs> but I, right now, I guess I'll mention ODG apparel right now. And so if you don't, if you don't know, we have partnered with ODG apparel and they, they make great, you know, Christian apparel. It's as you can hear, it's in the name. And I have, I don't know if maybe you've seen on social media, I've took a, I had a couple of posts with uh, one of their hats and um, I have a couple of their shirts now and I'll be posting more of that in the future. But if you want to check out, you know, their shirts, their hats, all, all different types of accessories. You can go to odgapparel.com slash trendchat. And on top of that, if you like what you see, which I'm I'm pretty sure you, you will, if you enter the code trendchat10 in the code box there at checkout, you get 10% off. So, hey, just, hey that's just for you. Just for you, just for listening to this podcast, you get 10% off. Look at that. And I'm pretty sure you're going to like what you see there because they, they have very hip, um, I guess, hip fashion you know, on Christian, you know, Christian apparel, I would say, because, yeah, I just like how I like their style. I like how they do things and how they uh, make the shirts and then how they um, design everything. So. Yeah, odgapparel.com backslash trenchat. Check them out. So, one thing, I'm going to, I guess I'm going to touch on this, on the whole New York abortion thing. But um, before I get into that, there, there have been a, a lot of stories in the past couple of days. One has been because, um, because of the media and how they're just just so out to get conservatives at any chance they they get and we had a number of and not just conservatives it whether you are anything remotely republican like you don't it's it's very obvious you don't have to be a conservative and be a Republican. We've seen that, that there are a number of Republicans who are not considered, you know, um, would not consider themselves being conservative. So, but just being, being a Republican, 
basically makes you a target for the media. Oh, well, unless you just, you know, bend over backwards and just agree with them. And, but at the same time, call yourself a Republican you can do that. But you know, that really means nothing. But anyway, I just want to kind of, cause I know by now you've heard all the different stories about this. So I, I'm not even going to get into each one of these stories and try to give some, <laughs> some sort of analysis on all, on all of it. But the one thing that just, I guess that I would string this all together is that, you know, too many people really, I, I, and I really mean like really too many people kind of believe this whole notion that the news media, whether it's NBC, ABC, CNN, etc., or take your pick mainstream media, they really have bought into this notion that there's some sort of objective nonpartisan entity. And that is so much not the case, but to, but so many people still believe that mainly because they just don't see the other side for one. But we have seen over years, how policy decades actually, but especially since the 2000s, I guess, starting from there. If you want, if you want to start there, you can even go further back from there. But you've seen case after case after case out of biased, negative reporting of anything Republican. Not only, not not only just being conservatives. Not they don't. Not only being um, whether a Christian or anything. Just anything that goes against. The progressive agenda, quote unquote progressive agenda, because it's, it's not anything but progressive. And on the other side, you see just as much bias, overly positive reporting of Democrats. And like I said, we've seen case after case, not only over the couple past couple of years, just this past couple of days, whether it's BuzzFeed and how their false reports um, on Friday and how the how the media covered the Coverton Catholic kids or how they covered how they not covered the uh, March for Life. Just those three stories in the past couple of days. But that is on top of a, a litany of of different examples that you can think of that. You, that clearly shows the media bias that continues to exist. And one reason why it continues to exist is that, too, again, too many people have bought into the notion that not only ABC, NBC, and CBS and all of them are, they are considered to be objective, which they're not. Not only that, but also the New York Times, you know, Washington Post, print media, and all that. They're all pretty much on the same side they take every chance they can get to try to basically belittle demean try to do anything they can to make um conservatives republicans to look as evil as possible basically so so i'm not even gonna get in you know like i said i wasn't gonna get into all the stories of it and so i'm just i just wanted to leave it at that
So with that being said, I just want to get that out there. And um, like I said, we're going to get get to our interview with um, Joanne Fleming in, uh, in a second. So, but before that, let's hear a word from our friends with the Founder Project. Hello to fans of Trend Chat and Brian Bledsoe. The Founding Project, an education nonprofit dedicated to civics, invites you to visit our brand new website. Visit us at thefoundingproject.com. Be a part of the civics movement with The Founding Project. The Founding Project is a 501c3 education nonprofit. Please join us today. This is Trend Chat. Yep, so you know what? We're going to go ahead and go right into our interview with Joanne Fleming. And like I said, we, um, we're just gonna, yeah, we're just gonna go ahead and go get into it now. I'll talk about the whole abortion um, law up in New York after, afterwards. So, without further ado, here's our interview. And we are very pleased to have Joanne Fleming with us. She is an outstanding conservative activist and executive director at Grassroots America. How you doing, Joanne? I'm doing great, Brian. Great to be with you this afternoon. So. For people who are, I guess, the uninitiated that don't know about Grassroots America, I guess, give them a little information about that. Okay, well, great. Well, um, first of all, I'd like to uh, tell them to learn more on our, if they go to our website, which is um, it's Grassroots America, We the People, and um, it is uh, G-A-W-T-P.com. If you just Google our band, Grassroots America, We the People, it comes right up. Um, we also, you can follow us on Facebook and, tri- and Twitter at A-G-A-W-T-P. Grassroots America is the largest uh, all-volunteer-led constitutional conservative organization in Texas. What makes us different is, again, we're all-volunteer-led. We don't have any paid. I'm, a, I'm an unpaid executive director, which doesn't make me any better than anybody else, Brian. It just makes me very determined. I've been a conservative activist in Texas for 27 years, and Grassroots America is celebrating its 10th anniversary this year. So we are, um, as I said, constitutional conservatives. We believe in limited government. We believe in applying the first principles, uh, which are the foundation of American freedom and liberty, um, to every legislative bill, every congressional bill, and all public policy to make sure that we are restraining government and we are um, advancing the cause of liberty. All right. One of the first questions I wanted to ask is, with the recent midterms last year, conservatives saw a lot of you know good members in the Texas House and Senate uh, lose their bid for re-election. I wanted to ask you, what, what did you take away from, from that and what, what do you think we should do mo- moving forward? Well, that's a difficult question to answer given the work um, that I'm doing with some other groups on election fraud. So I'll just tell you this, that I am not totally convinced in every case uh, that every one of those races was actually lost um, due to anything other than voter fraud. And I, you know, because it's, we're, we're getting some things together for uh, hopefully for some investigations. I can't really get into that, but I think you are well aware and probably your listeners are aware of the work that Direct Action Texas has done 
um, in uh, mail ballot fraud. And then we have another subject matter expert, which is uh, Dr. Laura Presley, who actually has a case pending in the Texas Supreme Court uh, regarding digital voter fraud. So I, I will just tell you that some of the races were, um, the outcomes were so completely different from what the internal polling was showing. Um, and and also there was a big divergence from um, early votes versus election day, and so um, so I will say this: um, it cannot all be. I'm not going to attribute all of it and all the close races to voter fraud. I'm not going to do that, but I do think that we have to do a better job of holding elected officials accountable who have the authority to make sure that our voter registration uh, rolls. Uh, have only um, legal uh, citizens voting, registered to vote and voting, I think that we have to hold them accountable. And we have some um, efforts in place to try to do that. I think perhaps with um, the uh, Governor Abbott has uh, appointed an acting, uh, a new acting Secretary of State, but we, we, what we really want to see done is Secretary of State's office actually um, make sure that their office is um, upholding the rule of law and enforcing the law. So uh, what, what, what else can I take away from the elections? Well, one thing I can tell you for sure is that some of the consultants are telling uh, candidates and office holders that, you know, conservative Republicans need to just keep their heads down, keep their mouths shut, don't make any waves. And I like to say that that's a great recipe to lose in 2020. Um, you know, if, if conservatives in Texas, if Republicans wanted to vote for Democrat life, they'd just go ahead and vote for Democrat. <laughs> um, but people are Republican for a reason. And it is uh, supposed there is a very stark contrast. And it's getting, um, the differences are getting, uh, more pronounced every day. If you look at what's happening in Washington, D.C., you have most Democrats are saying that um, everything that Republicans and President Trump is saying about the border crisis is manufactured. Um, Texans know there is no manufactured border crisis. We live with it every day. You need to grind one of the things that people don't talk about enough is when the federal government doesn't enforce its borders, that means that the federal government allows non-citizens to commandeer the people's assets. And what that means is if we have people flowing over the border that want to access um, social services, um, illegals accessing social services, public schools, um, the cost to the criminal justice system when some of them end up there, guess who pays the bill on all of that? The citizens do. So that means the federal government is, in essence, commandeering our assets to pay for people who are here illegally. Um, so I think that the stark contrast between Republicans and Democrats is the way we look at uh, American sovereignty, taxation, um, just the basic tenets of freedom, um, religious liberty. I think that if we stop talking about those things, um, then we do that to our own detriment, and I think we're asking for the people to, uh, you know, the base to not get out and vote in 2020, and we can't afford that. So, you now my takeaway from the from the midterms is, um, you know, we the people need to keep pushing our elected officials or our Republican candidates 
to stand up for something, to stand up for our values. Otherwise, we're just sort of wasting our time. Yeah, I, I know when you talk about this, especially with the border, I mean, being in Texas, it seems like just because and just because it seems like it's not immediate or even though we just had the caravan, you know, that debacle that just happened, but it's not the fact that it's such an immediate crisis where it's still so physically seen because this has been going on for decades. Yes, it, it absolutely has. I, I know it took us. We started working on a, a bill and, um, you know, advocating, um, agitating, even if you will, for a ban on sanctuary cities in Texas back in the 82nd legislative session. That was back in, um, what, 2011. So, you know, it's taken us all this time. It was just last session um, in 2016, 2017, that we uh, were able to get a ban on sanctuary cities passed. And so it takes it takes forever. And, and one of the reasons that we find ourselves in the chaos that we find ourselves in today is that we, the people, have allowed elected officials to treat the rule of law and their oaths of office as if it's some political menu that they can just pick and choose off of, depending on, you know, political correctness requires what our donors do and don't want us to do, um, you know, what the media does and doesn't say about a thing, our acceptance, you know, by the political chattering class, um, instead of saying, no, the rule of law is the rule of law and we should enforce a rule of law all the time, um, you know, no matter who it applies. I mean, and it applies to everyone the same way. So, you know, elected officials sometimes pick and choose which laws they want to enforce. And so you, then you get to the point where, you know, you have the um, the cartels have operational control of our southern border. They have for a very long time. And the car, cartels are, are not just at the southern border um, of with Mexico. Um, there was an article that came out, I don't know, just a few years ago, and, and in fact, you can you can still get the information from the annual report that comes out from the Department of Public Safety, Texas DPS, that talks about that, you know, major cartels have operational command centers that they set up, that they operate in and out of, and Dallas-Fort Worth is one of the main command and control centers of some of the largest cartels in the world. Hmm. So that's, and you know, and most people who understand geography knows that Dallas-Fort Worth is not on the southern border. So, and, I, and we have the same thing in Smith County where I'm from. Um, you know, we have I-20 that comes through Smith County. We have human trafficking here. And that is, you know, labor trafficking and sex trafficking. We have... You know, drugs that are coming in through here. We have the opioids, the, you know, fentanyl. We have all manner of drugs that come through Smith County. And our jails are full of people who have cartels, you know, that trade ties. So it's, um, you know, we pay way more for government services than we need to. If we, I, I believe if we had command, actual operational command of our border, southern border, I think um, that taxpayers would be paying less of their money um, for the criminal justice system and in many, many other areas because 
we all know that um, illegals to get social services, and they just do. So any elected official that says they don't um, is just being disingenuous or just flat-out lying. Yeah, so given that the session has um, just started, I guess mm-hmm. I guess what are you more optimistic or maybe pessimistic as far as maybe getting um, getting things done in this in this session coming up? Well, um, I am trying very hard to be optimistic and give everybody um, a chance. And so, I think what I'll I'll do right now for just a second is I will touch on the new speaker of the house. Um, Speaker Dennis Bonin um, should be given an opportunity to develop his own um, way of managing and governing the Texas House of Representatives. Um, you know, Dennis has his own um, record based on, and, and I like to say this: Look, if you don't if you don't want to follow the scorecard or the um, you know the scoring, the conservative ratings uh, put out by any organization in Texas, if you just look at uh, Professor Mark Jones' um, liberal conservative rating that he does on every issue that the House votes on and does it on every single House member. And you look at the the uh, Dennis Bonin's rating on the liberal conservative continuum there, you will see that he is rated as, he's in the top 25 of the most conservative House, Republican House members in the in the Texas House. So he he is more conservative by far than a lot of the very, very liberal Republicans. So first of all, I think he being in the top twenty five, I think that I think that bodes well for a lot of issues as long as they're based on conservative principles. Um and I always say that once you divorce yourself of principles and you start figuring out how, what government's supposed to do before you know it, you're into political expediency, and you're trying to cover somebody's political backside rather than doing the right thing for freedom and liberty and and um, giving opportunities to everybody to have a part of the Texas dream. So um, he has a different temperament um, than Joe Strauss did. Um, I also know that um, Mr. Bonin is, um, he's a numbers guy. He is uh, very much a detail-oriented individual. And so based on a meeting that I had with him with some other leaders from our area, I, I believe that he's going to be looking at whether or not a solution that's brought, so let's just take property tax reform. Based on what he said, I believe that he's going to be looking for something that is fair and does right by people across Texas. In other words, he's he's going to be he's he's going to want to make sure that we don't have unintended consequences, and we help taxpayers out in some parts of the state. For example, maybe in the metro areas, and then people in the more rural areas don't get the kind of breaks. So I think he's really looking for something across the board that's going to be helpful um, in permanently. Um, doing away with maintenance and operations on the property tax side. He has, you know, he's mentioned some solutions that he's interested in, that he's looking at. So I think he's trying to take a deep look at all of that. Um, Now, he said he's going to be fair. Um, He said that, you know, his job is to not put his thumb on the scale. Um, His job is to uh, make sure that, 
you know, that, that the big issues are dealt with in committees and that he's going to be fair in um, in making sure that conservative legisla- legislation, by the way, in the Republican Party platform, based on those platform priorities, that he's going to be willing to let those, you know, move through out of committee. Well, we'll wait and see, um, because as we know, uh, the Texas House, since Republicans have been in charge, um, has had the majority, that we've had a problem with liberal Republicans um, deciding way before session ever starts what will and won't get through the Texas House. Um, it used to be said that the best place where conservative um, reform, government reforms go to die was the Texas Senate, and then it reversed into being after Joe Trump took over. It, it, it was said, that was said of the Texas House. So I'm, I told Speaker Bonin, that Grassroots America, and I personally, um, as the executive director for Grassroots America, I am happy to work with him on issues that we can agree on. And so, but at the end of the day, at the end of the day, Brian, everybody's going to have a record. So people will be, and Frank, what we look for, for the, because anybody can file a bill. I mean, they can all file bills. And sometimes they file bills that I call show bills that they had no intention of fighting for to try to get them out of committee. So we're going to be looking to see what people fight for. And, you know, when they're running for office and they ask for our support, I tell them, I will be looking to see what you fought for. And if you just sat on the sidelines and you didn't fight for anything, when you come and ask me again if I'll support you, the answer will be no. Well, I, I mean, that's all we really should look for as far as when it comes to a speaker is to be fair, at least. Right. Yeah. So I, I know a lot of times just because, you know, if someone is a conservative that is, you know, that is um, in the speaker role and all of a sudden it's tend to think like, oh, well, now they're just going to, you know, um, be on the conservative side. But no, actually uh, being a speaker, they need to be fair to both sides. But that's the thing about it. It hasn't been fair this time, this uh, all this time. Yeah. So, yeah, so yeah. just, yeah, just looking forward to be have a fair shot for, for the people who are writing bills and for their um, whatever their bill is on, for it to get voted on and everything to go through smoothly and fairly. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. You know, here's the thing. Um, there's nothing wrong with an up or down vote. I mean, that's, that's what people were elected to go there. It doesn't matter on the liberal, um, progressive, conservative, um, spectrum there. It doesn't matter if you're a uh, Democrat or Republican. I mean, you were elected by people to go and do a particular job. And so, you know, what we look for is, I'm not afraid of an up or down vote. But, I mean, that's, that's what I think vigorous debate, there's nothing wrong with vigorous debate over the big issues of the day, whether they be social issues, whether they be fiscal issues, and they're all, they all get down to liberty issues. Sooner or later, it all comes down to which is going to grow, what's going to advance with this bill. Is, is is this bill going to advance government, or is it going to advance individual liberty and opportunity for all? So, um, so I'm happy for us to have vigorous debates, and I think we should have more of them, and then people vote on them. I do say this, though, Brian. I do think that we need to be more focused on solving problems 
based on principle and trying to find areas of agreement more than focusing on the things that we don't agree on. But you know and I know the one reason that they don't really like to have up and down votes because that's that's on the so they so don't want those votes. So they they do anything they can to keep it from having to actually make a decision, so the people can actually have a record to look at and say, oh, you voted up and down on this and that, or just voted present or whatever. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I I know that. You know, I heard somebody. In, in fact, you know, there was so much that's been written about the the speaker and and this and that and the other. And so um, I, I saw where the um, um, somebody in the media had actually written that the the main job of a house speaker is to make sure that people in his his or her party don't have to take difficult votes. Hmm. Really, um, really. Um, so, so I just find that sometimes the opinions and the job descriptions that the media um, and political pundits and what I call the, the ruling class like to say of the job descriptions of our elected officials and what we, the regular ordinary citizens, think their jobs are, are often very, very di- different and, and which makes life difficult, politically speaking. But, you know, um, they all know what they sign up for when they run for office. And so if they don't have a stomach for um, for a vigorous debate and battles, then they need to find something else to do. Absolutely. And so, well, one, um, I guess, what advice would you give people, I mean, other, I mean, obviously other than joining Grassroots America, but I'm just somebody, just people in general who want to get involved and just, you know, just want to do something. What what would be your advice? Well, I I always, um, in fact, I've I've actually been lately have been speaking on um, on some uh, on some topics that um, principle driven, principle focused topics to try to get people back to having um, reasonable conversations with people, and, and so I'll just hit just a few of them. Um, first of all, I, I tell people don't don't get in the habit of being a cut and paste activist. That means you should um, you should require sources of people when you read an article online, and I don't care who it's from. It can be an article that was written by me. If you see an article that's been written and it doesn't have any sourcing in it, well, then you can pretty much um, say, well, that's a nice opinion. But how do I know that that opinion was even derived from a set of facts? And so I tell people, don't be a lazy activist and just cut and paste from people and go, oh, yeah, that makes sense to me. Let me just cut and paste it or let me just forward it or let me just copy it. Let me uh, like it. Uh, let me share it. And so I tell people, be careful what you share. Try to make sure that you are liking and sharing and and um, and um, putting out information that's actually factual. Uh, because I think intelligent people can read a set of facts and look at sources and they can come up with their own um, opinion as to what that set of facts means. So, because I think sometimes we get really careless about forwarding things that may not be true. 
So we want to be careful of that. That can have, if, if you are sharing things about an elected official that are not true, guess what's going to happen whenever you go to them and ask them um, to support a bill that you support, etc.? They may not. Yeah. So I think particularly if it's, a, if it's an official who represents you and you see something that is written about that elected official, I don't care if it's being written by a conservative, a liberal, I don't care who. If you're concerned about what they're saying about your elected official, you need to go to that official and you need to go to the record where they voted. You need to read the actual bill, piece of legislation, policy they were voting on, and you need to determine for yourself if that if that analysis of what they did or didn't do is accurate, okay? Um, and that gets into something that I just frankly call the golden rule. If you would not like for somebody to put out misinformation about you, then don't do it to your elected officials because here's what's going to happen, Brian. If we aren't careful, I mean, because people, you know, conservative activists in Texas are always talking about we don't have enough good people to run for office. We don't have enough good people to run for office. Well, if we take the good people that we have in office and we disrespect them by listening to what other people say without verifying that information ourselves and we just attack them, you know, it gets to the point where good elected officials, it will be, They'll be in a situation where there are diminishing returns for serving. They get beaten up no matter what they do. And so before you know it, they decide, well, you know what? I don't think I'll run again. Huh. So I think we need to employ the golden rule. I think we need to be careful not to bear false witness. And I think we need to be sure that we don't fear discussions with people who don't agree with us. I think that iron sharpens iron. And I think that we learn and we grow whenever we have conversations with people that don't necessarily agree with us on every issue. I also think that as conservatives, we need to always point back to the first principle of liberty. And so as, as I tell people, if you're just now getting into the political arena and you don't quite know what to do, pick a topic that you're very passionate about. I tell people, if you're passionate about gun rights, your Second Amendment rights to protect your life, liberty, and property, get involved with that. Um, I tell people if you're somebody that's a number cruncher and you really care about spending and you care about what government spends money on, get involved in that and become as educated as you can in that topic. And then there, you know, there are a myriad of ways to get involved. There are groups all over the state of Texas, and we have some of the best um, citizen activists that – I think anybody could be blessed to be around. There are a lot of people who are very, very smart leaders. And, in fact, you know, Brian, I think you're aware that Grassroots America, our premier project that we're working on is building a statewide Texas conservative grassroots coalition. And that is a coalition of leaders, whether they're state Republican executive committee members, uh, conservative uh, Republican county chairs and president chairs, Tea Party leaders, um, and conservative independents. What we're doing is we're trying to build a network of people who understand that we need to be focused on pr first principles of liberty and how they apply to our everyday lives and to legislation and the government wants to enact on us. 
And past that, we need to figure out what are the issues that we agree on. And let's focus on on getting things achieved that we agree on and don't focus so much on what we don't agree on. For example, you know, if you tell people, look, let's take the top three issues from the Republican Party platform and let's try to get legislation that solves these three problems, wouldn't that be great? Yeah. Well, wouldn't it be great if we focused on those things instead of saying, well, you know, so-and-so, he didn't agree with me on that bill back in 2007, so I'm not even going to go talk to him. <laughs> you know yeah. what? Liberals don't, liberals don't act like that. Liberals don't think like that. And that is why they're on the march. Yeah, that, yeah I, hear that all, I, uh, I hear that all the time, something like that. Yeah. <laughs> well, other than the... Um, other than, than the project you just mentioned, anything else uh, coming up with the Grassroots America? Well, people can just um, go on our website where we have, in fact, we're going to be interviewing, uh, we've booked uh, Congressman Louis Gohmert. I believe it's going to be April the 23rd. Um, and so we always have things. We're booking um, good meetings and good people to come out to do two things, to talk to us about uh, the current issues of the day, and we're also going to do more leadership training and more basic activist training this year um, because we're getting more and more people who are wanting to get active for the first time. And another thing we're going to be doing is um, we're going to be working with the Trump team um, to build the Texas Grassroots uh, for Trump for 2020. And so we're working on all those issues and we're already in contact with the Trump team. They've reached out to us and we're going to be working on those issues. What we're going to do is we're going to pray for the best for the legislation, and we're going to work really hard to make sure that um, we keep Texas government inside a state constitution-sized box. And we're going to pray that um, President Trump holds fast and we get our borders secure. Well, Joanne, you're doing great work. You've been doing great work. I know we've been in different places together <laughs> all over. And um, I just appreciate what you're doing. And um, thank you for your time. And hopefully we'll get a chance to talk to you again soon. That's great, Brian. I, it's been a blessing talking to you. And I appreciate seeing you every time that I do. If I can ever help you out, let me know. All right. Thank you. Hey, what's up? This is Kaya Jones. And you're listening to me here at Trend Chat. All right, and thanks to Joanne Fleming to join us on Trend Chat. And it's funny, one thing she mentioned about as far as, because that um, interview was recorded last week, and so this was before the whole Covington um, Catholic kids thing. So it's um, it was funny, you know, as far as not wanting to... to share things without actually getting the facts <laughs> just it was funny just hearing that but um we only got a couple minutes to go and really i don't need that much time for this because i i was thinking about how i was going to talk about this whole new york abortion thing which is just you know uh reprehensible as far as what is going on where they have signed a bill where you can where you have basically have taken away all the rights of the unborn now and 
it, it, it's truly sickening uh, to hear that audio or see the video of those uh, of the people in um, in New York cheering that this bill was passed. And I mean, to to think about how many thousands of lives that are going to be thousand more lives that are going to die because of this law and to hear those people cheer about that is just truly sad and it's it is really just disheartening to have to for even to get this far it's just it's it's almost beyond words how callous people can be towards the uh, babies and how bloodthirsty they are to want <laughs> to do away with children just basically out of convenience because how this law is is written is basically well they whatever factor you can you can come up with you can basically yeah you can basically kill your child basically so i'm glad i'm actually glad i'm at the end right now because <laughs> not I, I may not have words to it to talk about this but it is yeah it, it also kind of makes you sick and makes you a little angry actually about um how people just want to just yeah to kill the unborn speaking of that um, we're going to have Nick Lowe of the Roe vs. Wade movie coming up next week. So uh, look forward to that. And so until next week, we'll chat with you later. Switching to Geico is a good idea, especially when you consider everything. First off, Geico makes it easy to switch. They have licensed agents available 24-7 online or over the phone. But if it's so easy, you might start thinking everything is easy, even big wave surfing. And it's not. It's actually quite difficult. Well, if you switch to Geico, you could save hundreds on car insurance. And you could keep saving by bundling your motorcycle, boat, and RV, plus your home or renter's insurance. But saving money might lead you to make some questionable purchases, like a 20-foot feather boa. And do you know how hard it is to clean a 20-foot feather boa? Well, they do have an industry-leading mobile app you can use to pay your bill, file and manage a claim, or add a new driver. But when life gets a little easier, it makes you too confident. And you start calling everyone ace. And you're better than that. Well, Geico has a 97% customer satisfaction rating and has been saving people money for 85 years. It's hard to beat that. But you're right. Switch to Geico. It's obviously a good idea. Minute Maid slushies are back at McDonald's. And if you'd like to thank me for that information, I'll gladly take a slushie. It's more than a drink. It's a McDonald's drink. Right now, treat yourself to a small Minute Maid slushie, like the new strawberry watermelon flavor for $1.59. Or try small McCafe frappes and smoothies for just 2 bucks. Price and participation may vary. Limited time only. Minute Maid is a trademark of the Coca-Cola Company.